Welcome to another episode of Where in the World Podcast. I'm your host, Nats, Nathan. No intro music today, because it's a serious episode, and it's very quiet in my apartment. It's a Wednesday, and um, I'm at home. Plenty of updates for you guys today. I'm going to slowly get into it more as we get along and get used to this. But to be completely honest, you guys, this is episode six. The last episode that I did with Mark, if you've checked it out, links up there. That was done about over a month ago. So when I started the podcast, I actually banked a lot of episodes straight away. And the last two episodes... I wasn't really going to release yet. I sort of kept it in the vault in case there was days that I wouldn't be able to record and I could have like a backup episode to be consistent and always have something uh, to upload every week as I promise or try to promise at least every Monday, which is the schedule that I've chosen for myself. But unfortunately I failed because last week there wasn't an episode so first and foremost, I do want to apologize um, for that, and I'm going to explain the reasoning why that came to be. Ba 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 bum. As this episode get uh, goes on, I'll start speaking louder. I'm just trying to get used to this again because a month, a lot has happened, and I don't want to miss um, any updates for you guys because I want to keep you guys up to date, y'all. Um, wow. Let me just check the agenda because I've already forgotten what I'm talking about. I bumped my head. If you can see in the video, I bumped my head right on my forehead. So yesterday, me and Nads were cooking. And when we, we, we ate and finished, started packing up, one of the cabinets um, on our kitchen, the top shelf cabinets, was flung wide open. I opened it. And while I'm unloading the dishwasher, I'm trying to do a quick job and just going really quick, um, as I went towards the cabinet really quick to put it, the bowls up the shelf, I accidentally hit my head on the corner of the cabinet. If you can see, you can't really see, but it was bleeding. So my head was bleeding a little bit, nothing crazy, but like I did get a little scar and a little bump, so I had to put some ice on. But it kind of, kind of knocked me out, so I was going to record this yesterday, but... Yeah, I was too tired. I was too fatigued. And um, yeah, that kind of sucks. Well, I'm so slow. Now, uh, I'm going to go through a few things. Um, do stay till the end, because at the end of this episode, um, since it's been a month, we've got some other submissions for the Where in the World competition. There's been three submissions, guessing what the display picture is. If um, no one has guessed it yet, I'm just going to start giving up giving out obvious clues because I really want someone to win. So um, do make sure you stay till the end. I can't wait to play them. I haven't actually played them myself, so I've been really excited to listen. I don't know why I get so excited about this voice clip um, function. It just makes it, just makes it fun, man. It's, it's cool that people take the time to do it. So that's next. 
In terms of travel, because this is, if you're new to this channel, um, first time listening, this podcast, Where in the World, is aimed at expats and travel enthusiasts alike. I myself, um, originally from Sydney, now I'm currently living in London on a visa, work visa. So um, a lot of the topics are going to be to do with living in another country and traveling, because that's all all the fun stuff that we, do, we talk about on this channel. So um, on the subject of travel, I've actually, finally, actually, actually, finally, 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 actually, I've booked some new trips to look forward to. And I've just come to the realization that this is probably, it's September, so I'm more up to date now with these episodes, but um, this is the first month I think I'm going to be in London for the entire duration of the month. So for as long as I can remember, I haven't had more than one month gap of travel. So at least once a month, I'd be somewhere, um, usually twice a month. This month, I've been London bound, and I'm going to explain why. We're going to get there. It's a very serious topic. And um, trust me, you want to stay for this one because it's going to be just raw, real, it's currently happening right now, so yeah, anyways, um, but a bit of excitement before we, we take off into the main topic. I have some travel plans coming up that I've been locked and loaded. I'm pretty excited because I'm going to be able to incorporate these on the podcast, and I was going to possibly not share this information and sort of just spring it on when the episodes happen, but I realized it's it's a travel podcast it's travel related i might as well like keep you guys up to date with everything that happens um real time because it's it's fun it's, it's something to look forward to and if you're um i guess in tune and listening weekly um this podcast is a journey that i want to take you with me so yeah that's i don't know what i'm trying to what I'm trying to get out with that but anyways um Travel plans coming up. The first one is, um, I don't know what order these are, but I think there's two places that I've already been to. One, the first is Krakow, so Poland. I went there last year to, te- to check out um, Auschwitz, the uh, concentration camp, because I, I got into a real um, just obsessed with like World War II stuff. Like I was checking out all the museums. What actually prompted me to visit Krakow in the first place was when I checked out the Imperial War Museum here in London. And um, there was a section just dedicated to the Holocaust. And I it was, I was just really moved by it when I went there. And, and you know, you study this stuff. I, 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 I studied it a bit in high school. Um, in modern history lessons, but I was so young, I couldn't really grasp it. And I was more intrigued about, you know, the war stuff, the, the guns and all that. Um, but I don't think I was mature enough to really, I don't know, to really empathize. Like, ugh, that sounds terrible. It makes me sound like I was a psycho when I was a kid. But you know what I mean? When you get older, you're like, yeah, you're moved by it. you're like shit this actually happened and it kind of just made me want to go and I figured like I didn't really know where all this took place because I can't remember my studies 10 10 years ago or whatever whenever I was in high school um 
so the more the more I sort of started checking out um, these places, like I went to Eagle's Nest in um, where was that? I think that was in Germany somewhere. So it was the bunker where Hitler, Hitler's main bunker is um, on some mountain. It started off with small things like finding these places because it's all over Europe, you know. And it's my first time in Europe. All these things, I'm just getting really curious and intrigued. And eventually, that's what prompted me to go to 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 Krakow because I think it is important to you know to remember that these events have happened and realize how fortunate we are. Um, you know, like circumstance circumstantially, like you know, I don't think I've ever had that much struggle in terms of like life and death being exterminated if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking of going, sorry, I got way sidetracked. The reason why I'm going to Poland again is cause, um, a friend, my ex flatmate, ex flatmate, that doesn't sound good. It's like we had a fallout. My, my previous flatmate, Maggie Chow Pow is going and we figured, well, we should all go. So Vin is going to come too. They, they, um, extended the invitation and um, Nadine hasn't seen um, Auschwitz. So I think it's a good opportunity for her to go. And um, for me, I'm not gonna, obviously not gonna go again. There's, it's kind of pointless, I've already been. And it's, it's quite moving. It's like, while I think it's great to go, I don't think it's something I wanna do twice, really. Um, Cause I've already had that experience. But Krakow is, funnily enough, um, given that it's so war-torn, like it's, it's so much has happened in that city. Um, it's funny how much it's transformed because when I went, I went there by myself last year and um, I had no expectation once again. But when I went there, I was like, this is like a party city, dude. Like there was so many hen's nights, bucks nights. It's got a quite a cool nightlife and it's extremely cheap. So that's what got me as well I'm like you know I'm a bit of on a budget right now it'd be nice to go travel somewhere that's a bit cheap and because I didn't really get to experience the city as much because I was just booked out with tours when I went it'll be cool so the girls might do the you know the memorial stuff and me and Vin um shout outs to Vin probably just kick back shoot some machine guns I don't know do what boys do so that's the first trip um second trip Last year I went to Berlin. Um, this year we're going to go to Berlin again. And reason being, um, no reason really. I think we just found cheap tickets. And last year I went with a group of peeps. And this year we're going again. It's just, it's a good time. And I think the difference this time is we're just going to be able to experience, just experience the city. No agenda, no sightseeing and things that we have to do have to do like must do when you're there because we've already done it we did all the touristy stuff last time and I think I'm being the second year in London I'm starting to do double ups of places that I really liked or wouldn't mind going back again I told myself earlier on I was like I'm never gonna do the same city twice because I, I was on a bit of a just ticking off like I want to see as many different places as possible but Sometimes a weekend just doesn't do it justice. And when you're there, you're like, you know, there's only so much you can see in like a couple of days. Even a week is not enough sometimes. So um, I'm not too fussed. I'm not all about just collecting stamps anymore. 
if there's an opportunity, whether it's with friends or cheap tickets or something new or something new in the same place I've been in before, I'm all for it. So that's going to be happening in October for my, um, it'll be actually be my birthday weekend. So comment below if you want me to podcast on my birthday. I think that's all I want to do, really. I don't really celebrate my birthday anymore. So I might do that. That might be something fun. Um, no, Berlin's not my birthday. Wow, I've completely muddled it up. Berlin's going to be Nadine's birthday. So that'll be in November. November is Nadine's birthday. So we'll be there for hers. So we're going to party up for her birthday. Probably do a podcast then as well because I'm all about that. Comment below if you want us to do a podcast for Berlin featuring me and Nadine and friends somewhere in Berlin. But for my birthday, I'm actually going somewhere new. Um, so we're going to San Sebastian in Spain. Um, heard a lot about it. Haven't really researched much. Don't really know anything other than it's amazing for food. Once again, shout outs to Vin who tried to convince, no, pretty much convinced me last year to go. It's just circumstantially couldn't do it last year had no money and I think it was clashing with something else October was a busy month last year and as you can see it's getting busy again so this time we're going again going with a group um group of friends it's actually a really big group I don't think they know most of them don't know it's my birthday weekend I actually didn't know it was booked on my birthday weekend um until recently, when we were just looking up dates, I was like, wait, hold on. I'm, I guess I'm in Spain for my birthday this year. Last year was Croatia. Year before that was Thailand. So I'm on a bit of a roll here. I want to celebrate my birthday at a different country every year. That's a thing now. So yeah, I'll be in Spain. The last, um, well, the, third, the fourth trip that I've booked um, up and coming is in Nuremberg so I think that's in November as well or December I'll find out later but uh purpose of this trip is to go for the Christmas markets which should be really fun I didn't get to go to Christmas park markets last year once again the same the same spiel circumstantial Bah, bah, bah. By this time, we booked in advance, so we're definitely going to go. So um, comment below if you're interested, have any questions about any of those four destinations. I'm yet to really look into it, so it'll be a cool thing to talk about. And, um, you know, I might do a few things in preparation, uh, in preparation for those trips coming up after September. But as for now, September is clean. I am homebound as in London bound, not home home bound, as in Sydney. But um, while this is all very exciting, um, they were kind of just, they weren't really planned. They kind of came about and we sort of joint plans, went with the flow. So I'm not satisfied yet this year, if that makes sense, in terms of for my travels. I'm not satisfied, I've done enough, and there's only so much you can do, because once again, money, time, um, I think I have definitely traveled less this year, but I've sort of picked and choose more, not just for the sake of traveling, so I've declined a lot of places um, that have been um, sort, of, sort of invitations to go to, um, 
But there are two places that I'm really adamant in going to, and they're big trips. And I think we've, me and Nadine have delayed them quite a bit because they're not the cheapest. Um, plane tickets are two to three hundred pounds upwards, and um, they're more like a but they're kind of pretty much bucket list destinations. And um, I'm just gonna throw it out there. If, the two places are basically New York and Cairo. So um, New York, I've already been. But like I said, with this whole, I don't mind visiting the place, new places I've been to for a second time because I've realized now that I've done it. I did Kiev in Ukraine twice. I've done Paris probably four times because obviously Nadine's from there. And every time you go, it's a bit different. I've done Rome twice. The second time was... It's actually quite similar because I went with Nadine and had to do all the tourist stuff again. But my point is basically like you do the first time and it's kind of like tick. You've, you do all the stuff that you kind of have to do, but you don't have to do it again. The second time is different. It's just really, you, you feel it, man. You're like, dude, this is how it feels to live here. And there's no agenda. It's a lot more relaxed. I really do prefer it. There's no obligation to do things. Like sometimes you end up just doing things because you kind of have to because everyone does it and you feel like, feel, you feel FOMO. Like as, it's like going to Paris and you don't see the Eiffel Tower. It's like, why? What the hell? Why wouldn't you do it? You're there. So New York for me is still my favorite city um, in the world. I, there's nothing compares. I love New York and I've pretty much been saving it. I know for sure while I'm in London, I have to go to New York because the fact that the price is practically a quarter or maybe not a quarter, like half of what you'd pay as opposed to flying from Sydney back home, it's a no-brainer. So that's definitely on the books and that's possibly something I want to do for New Year's because a bucket list thing for me is to experience New Year's in New York. I feel like if it snows, the thing about New York for me is so nostalgic. It's all the things I like, like all the movies that I grew up on, freaking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Home Alone, all the chick flicks, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, not Sleep. Yeah, Sleepless in Seattle. That's, that's, yeah, New York as well. Um, all that shit. It just, oh man, I love it. I got, we got a new, I don't know if you can see it. There's a poster on a wall that I put up of New York. I'll, you can't see it. Don't worry. But anyway, um, that's the reason why I want to go back. And the thing is, um, Nadine's favorite city is New York as well. And obviously, we didn't go together. We didn't know each other back then. But we've always, well, since we've been talking for the past year, we just talk about everything New York. Well, our favorite TV shows are in New York. Friends, How I Met Your Mother, Suits is from there. You know, all that stuff. And, and like, we, we bonded quite a lot um, with, like, just, you know, from our New York trips, we, we talked about, you know, similar interests. So it would be really cool. It'd be a different experience of me and her go. So it was kind of something we agreed on. And before we started, or well, maybe when we just started dating, we kind of like jokingly talked about it. Like one day we should, you know, go to New York and chill out. Second, second possible destination for the end of the year, though. Cairo. Never been. Never been to Cairo. Definitely a bucket list thing. And also roughly the same price range in terms of tickets. I think I've checked them out on Skyscanner. From here, they're about 200, 
300. I haven't ever, I haven't been able to do too much research um, on Cairo other than the tickets. But from what I've heard, Cairo itself is not too expensive, which is a relief. It's just the tickets getting there. But the obvious one, the pyramids, like, come on, bro. And the Sphinx, it's on the list. I just got to do it. It's like for the gram, y'all, like as shallow as that is, I, I need to see it with my own eyes. And I get mixed reviews, mixed reactions from people. Some people say it's quite, it's quite, what's the word? Overhyped or it's very commercialized now. So there's like seeing the pyramids, it's not, it's, it's underwhelming. That's the word. That's, that's what I get from some people and some people say it's amazing. So I am conflicted in that sense, but all I know is I definitely have to go. And once again, it's one of those places I need to do while I'm in London because the proximity is it's right there, man. It's pretty much impossible for me to do both of these this year, given that there's only a couple months left and how much it'll cost to do these two trips. But that's where me and the girlfriend are tossing up between and going to discuss soon. So we've put a freeze on any more travel. Um, Aside from those four trips around Europe, one more, and that's it for the year. Comment below. I'd like to talk about this. Um, if you're on YouTube, obviously, or wherever this is posted. Cairo or New York? What do you reckon? Because I'll definitely do a podcast or a vlog or something there. Um, cool. Okay. Let's see what's on the agenda. <laughs> So once again, apologies, y'all. I think I'm getting a bit comfortable talking again, and do do I keep apologizing because I feel so out of it. But um, I'm gonna be a little bit vulnerable on this episode, but I'm gonna keep it light because I want you guys to be entertained and informed, because um, that's what it's all about. So last week, I was really hoping to record a podcast and put it up, but I simply could not. Why? Why is that you ask? Why? My my close friends know about this, but it's it's pretty public, pretty much public knowledge if you follow my other podcast with the Cheat Coders, with my friends Raf and Don. If you're a good friend of mine, um, you you know that I have anxiety issues, and that's going to be the topic of this episode: um, anxiety, and more in particular because this is a travel podcast, how to deal with anxiety when you're traveling and moving to another country. So um, I guess the best way to start is to rewind back to Sydney, kind of to see where it all began. So it's like a little therapy session. You're going to be the therapist listening to me and I'm going to relay all this information. And it might help because um, to be completely frank with you guys, because of the anxiety issues, it was a big reason why I moved and also a reason why I was thinking maybe I shouldn't move. And I, everyone to a degree has anxiety. I can't say that I have, I have it that bad. I, peop, I know a lot of people that have it a lot worse than me, for sure. I'm pretty sure that there'll be people out there that might be able to relate. And especially for people that don't have anxiety, that have really good mental health, sort of to understand 
the reasons why people with anxiety are the way that they are. And I think it is important to be more vocal about it, to, to remove the stigma, because so many people have anxiety. Like, I, And it's not talked about enough in a public way, I guess. Well, it's only beginning now. People are starting to talk about it now, which is great. So I don't feel like such an outcast anymore. But yeah, rewinding back to the days, I've had anxiety for as long as I can rem re remember. But when I've realized, like I sort of realized only later how long I've had it because I've realized it's, it's not normal um, to have this much fear of like just unnecessary fear. I'm not going to go into detail. I'm pretty sure everyone knows what anxiety is, but this is by no means medical advice, just personal experience um, for myself. I've got anxiety now. Like this is not because I'm worried about talking about it. I'm just telling you I'm going through it now. And that's, we're going to get there. The reason why I've kind of lagged with all this. But back in Sydney, um, there was a time that obviously I snapped. And that's when I got proper um, clinical help. Because there was a turning point in my life, probably around somewhere, I think it was 2016. It feels so long ago now, to be honest. But a lot of things just plummeted. And it, and I'll tell you now that the root cause, I'm just going to get straight to the point because I realize I say too much and my stories go on for way too long. But the root cause is I binge. I take on way too much at a time to the point that I burn out and it's a skyrocket down. So you just, I'm dancing on a tightrope and then I just fall flat. And um, it was bad. It was tough because um, I think at the time I, I started a business, I took on a new job and just balancing like a life, like, you know, bought a house, those kind of things, all those factors, but all in one go. And then I'm not, I'm, that didn't cause the anxiety. I'm telling you, doing all of that while already having anxiety. So I actually remember, I used to think, um, oh, it was such a dumb quote. I had a, had a quote that I used to, to tell my friends, like, I can't remember the exact quote, but basically the how I lived by was take on as much as you can. And... It's sort of like the, the mindset of like, do this much. And if you like, can't handle it, at least you're here. Like you're a bit lower than what you aimed for. Because obviously if you aim higher, if you fall, you'll fall just like a bit under what you aimed for. Does that make sense? Like I can't like think properly. But essentially like that, that formula doesn't freaking work. It's so stupid. So here's me with my mindset. It's like, yeah, you can do this. You can start a new job and also start a business at the same time and buy a house and, you know, run a social life going out all the time and all this. It's like, I'm young. I can do it. Like, because you, if you're not aware of it, you just, you just do everything. You just go, 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 go. And it played, a, I, I think it played a factor in a lot of things that started to crumble. Like I just wasn't focused and when something didn't work out, it would affect everything else. And it got to a point that obviously had a bit of a mental breakdown, if you can call it that. Now, it's, now I know that sounds a bit over the top, but in a sense of just like, 
I went from up here to down here and I just pretty much gave up on everything. Like I didn't want to do anything. There was not one thing. I, I kind of like wanted to tap out, like pause. I want to stop for a moment because this is too much. So that obviously was a chain reaction. It's, um, it hindered me from my work. Like I couldn't perform as well as I could. So a lot of, while my job at the time had a lot of responsibility, I had a very understanding boss, um, some responsibilities that I were given because um, I had, you know, I was hired for with some expectation that I would be able to, you know, be, what's the word, um, groomed to, to be in a certain higher position later. And obviously I, that flew out the window. Um, I kind of just took a time out with everything. And um, that's when I, I had a relationship breakdown, which was another cause of it. Um, what else happened? So long ago. I actually can't remember. Like, I just remember everything just kind of went, and I like, you went from super motivated to just like, ah, seebs. I can't be bothered doing anything anymore. So that was a, I guess that was the red flag for me to be like, okay, I think there's a problem. And I realized like when you're in this mode of go, 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 you, you kind of just want to ignore it. You don't want to acknowledge that there's a problem. Like I never really believed in depression. I never believed in anxiety. I just thought it was just like, like I just thought it's just being sad or just being, you know, anxiety. It's, it's all in your head. You know, you know that saying it's all in your head and how I would, counter everything all in my head was doing more and that's pretty much yeah that's why my mindset was like I'm worried about this do more take on more yeah we need this we need that go 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 build 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 do everything so yeah that, that basically that over ambition of wanting more and leveling up comparing myself the social media the the, the toxic elements of social media when you're trying to compare your life to other people and all that shit mixed together eventually led to a massive breakdown. And um, so fast forward 2017, I finally, you know, fresh new year. Mind you, this was the year before I moved to London. This was kind of my year to just figure shit out. And um, it was the first time I ever went to see a doctor to, to figure it out. Um, for, this was really difficult for me because it felt like a real, um, I felt, it, it felt like a defeat. Like, oh my gosh, if I go to the doctor, it acknowledges that there's a problem, um, admitting that there's a problem. And there's such a stigma with mental illness. Um, as you know, it's, like it's obvious. And um, I guess when I went to see the doctor, and, you know, got a diagnosis and all that shit. So I was diagnosed with um, severe, what is it called? General anxiety disorder and um, clinical depression. And it, it sounded silly to me. I was just like, so you've diagnosed me for being sad. I'm sad. It wasn't, but you're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Um and then, yeah, it, it it obviously evolved into more and more. And I'm not going to get into that. But my initial first diagnosis was that. And, um, yeah, I did the whole rounds. I did the, the, the great thing about um, 
the medical uh, Medicare in um, Sydney, the, the the medical facilities, the the health benefits we have there, it's great. You you go to a doctor. Um, if you get a referral, you can get put on a mental health care plan. So I suggest this for anyone, anyone really. If you think you're suffering from anxiety or depression, go see a doctor, man, because it's a real thing. Don't neglect that shit. And as I, like, hear me out, as I go through this story, it'll remove the stigma and you're not going to feel like a weirdo after this. But it's great because um, with Medicare, you, you get, put on a mental health care plan. The, the, the GP will recommend um, how many sessions you can get at a, um, I guess, with a concession, with a discount, because you're on this plan. It's pretty much 50%, I think. So to give you a ballpark figure, a, a therapy, like to see a psychiatrist, it's can anywhere between $150 to $200. Get half of that off, 100 bucks a pop. So it's still quite steep, but you know, it's better than nothing. That's still quite a big discount. I was also put on medication, which I was really against at the time because I just didn't want to grow a dependency on on a drug because that would be shit. But obviously, when you get to the lowest of the low, you're willing to do anything. Like your number one thing is like, I'll try anything at this point kind of thing. So I, I do remember my first experience with antidepressants. Um, I was on Zoloft, which is Sertraline. Um, it's branded Zoloft, but it's, it's the, the drug's called Sertraline. And um, I got pretty lucky because there's numerous amounts. I think there's about five different SSRIs. And SSRIs, I forgot what they're, sorry, selective serotonin reputate innovators. Look, I'm not a medical dude, so Google it yourself. But basically, I got pretty lucky because usually it can take many different tries to find the right antidepressant for you that'll react well. Some people, it won't work at all. And for me, first try, um, I remember I wrote it out, I got all the the side effects, like it was really bad. I didn't feel it as well because I was already just sleeping a lot and just, you know, just not here. I was just not in the world. I was outside of my head looking in or whatever or inside my head and just can't get out type thing. So I was on these for about three months before I decided to um, to stop the medication Um which was against the doctor's recommendation. They they do suggest for it to really work, you have to stay on at least six months to a year. But I already felt good after three months and I wanted a more natural way um, to, to keep my brain chemistry um, better. Because I felt like I was already out. I was like, yes, I'm able to, you know, think clearly and process things when they happen a lot better. So, um, I tapered off and I replaced um, antidepressants with exercise. So I'd just be gymming like crazy. Um, the bad thing was like, I still maintained my lifestyle back back from back home, um, which wasn't good. It was a very, like, I don't regret it. Like I've had a lot of good times, made a lot of good friends, but I had a pretty typical corporate nine to five lifestyle. You know, the drink, 
binge drink on a Friday, Saturday, and just work your ass off for the, for the rest of the day. So um, I was still doing all of that while on my treatment. So it was almost kind of counterproductive. Um, but it, if anything, I was at my peak in terms of health, like physical health. I started eating a lot healthier. I started gymming a lot, but I couldn't let go of the social factor. Um, cause I'd be out every Friday still, still drinking a lot, quite heavy. Um, and I don't recommend that if you're, especially if you're at the point of like, you need treatment and I was all new to this. This was all new to me. So I don't really know my, my, my psychiatrist at the time said, it's fine to have a drink here and there, but obviously like sort of watch your limit and you sort of give someone that, you know, little leeway, they'll abuse it. So I abused it. One or two drinks for me is like a blind night out. So anyway, fast forward. Um, my, my, my road to recovery was good. And I do remember the, the, the first time I thought of like, look, since everything sort of fell apart in 2016, um, I kind of wasn't really motivated for anything. Like I just didn't, I didn't see what else I could do back home. Not in a bad way. Like my options were, I was thinking of moving out. So I lived with my parents before. I just wanted to do something. Like I wanted a change. I felt like I was reborn, but to feel really reborn and, and you know, to, to experience a big change within me, I felt like I needed to do something. So it did start off with possibly moving out. It felt silly at the time because it's just dead money. You're like renting and I'm still in the same city doing the same thing, except now I'll be paying rent where I could just be with mom and dad at home, home cooked meal. Like now I get it. Like if I didn't move to London, it would probably been a really good um, choice for me to do that. Cause now that I'm living here alone, like paying my own bills and that kind of thing, like everything. Um, I get it. But back then I couldn't see the point. I was like, Shh. like I wanted to, to get that freedom, but also at the same time, I've just felt like it was dead money and I'd probably be just doing the same thing that I was doing before, just working, going out, doing the same shit. Nothing wrong with it, but I needed something more. And this itch, this voice in the back of my mind was telling me like, look, why not London? Like it was something I was thinking about doing years before. It was an option, but never something I really looked at, if that makes sense. And what really got me was the timing, as in this all kind of fell apart. Like all the stuff that I took on was for a different plan, like a different different um, pathway. You know what I mean? Like buying a house, job, all that kind of stuff, all the good stuff that, you know, that you aim for. And it's great. Like, I'm not saying that was all, all to waste, but cause that wasn't really the, the priority anymore. And it didn't really excite me anymore. I didn't see any point continuing, if that makes sense. And, um, now that I'm about to turn 31 and I, I did my research, like out of curiosity, it's like, it's really now or never, like, I was really in a fork in a road, like either I just, you know, not that it's that bad, like life is semi good again. I've got my health at least. I'm getting better in that sense. I'm still working. I'm still, you know, I'm like my friends are here and all that. I was really like 
sort of inspired like what have I got to lose now it's just me it's like this is like you know what I mean I've got all to gain um like there's nothing really to lose here because I already felt like I lost everything if that makes sense I don't really lose anything but I felt like it at the time like um and I'll be honest like some people were concerned um I think a lot of some friends wouldn't might not tell me directly, but I think they would have came from a good place. But a lot of my friends that did really know me, like my close friends, I'm not going to name drop people because I feel like I might forget someone, but you guys, you know who you are if you're listening right now. Um, I had so many great deep conversations with friends that have done it or haven't done it or wish they had done it. And I, I could tell some some friends were really supportive of my decision of me thinking about it. Um, just thinking about it. Um, one that I one story I bring up a lot is um, I'll actually name drop this guy, Mr. Don, Mr. Mr. Valix, Don Valix, my um, co-host at the Cheat Coders. Um, I actually think he was the the last person I spoke to that really put the nail in the coffin. So me and my friend Don, um, we were at a bar in we were at Star Bar. That was a a, a regular place I, I used to go to in Sydney. And I, I don't know, it was a weekday or something. And me and this guy, we never really hung out back in Sydney. I mean, like, we had respect for each other as as musicians and in the in the music business that we used to do. But as far as that, we never really hung out that much. We made a music video and talk here and there, but nowhere near as close as we are now because of what we do with the podcast. Um, when he basically, when I mentioned it to him, he said, look, just effing do it like literally like no no he gave me a, like it's his story to tell but he basically said like I had not I, I had a chance to do this I didn't take it um he just really just put it in perspective like just freaking do it there's nothing to lose you're gonna think about this time one day in the future when you're there and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna like thank me that thank me that I pushed you to go type thing basically. And I do thank you, bro. Cause I was really like on the fence with this whole thing. So yeah. Um, I think not long after that is when I, I applied for the visa. Um, and, uh, yeah, let me know in the comments below if that's something people are curious about the whole visa process. I'm thinking about a, doing a podcast or a video about that. Um, but yeah, after I did the pod, uh, sorry, after I did the podcast, after I got the the visa, um, I still kind of wasn't sold. Like, I applied for it purely just to be like, look, if I get the visa, at least I've got it. So even if I don't go, at least I got the option. I'm always like half half with things. Um, I don't really nosedive. I like to like options. Just like I've always want to have a bit of a backup plan. But I told myself, like, I don't want to completely miss it. So I applied for it anyway. And basically, once I was approved, which wasn't too long, I had made up my mind. I'm like, okay, I spent this much. I got I got to go. I got to freaking go. Um, leading up to this, so much anxiety. Like, so much. I was like, is this the right decision? Like, these are the things I was thinking, like, leading up to the move. Because this is unknown to me. Like, I went from thinking of maybe moving out to, like, oh, I'm just going to move to another country casually. And a lot of time, I didn't think about it as much as I 
should have. Like I think I'd ignore it and not and play it down a little bit. I'd be some days extremely excited, like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And then other days like, oh my God, can I actually do this? Especially with like having this new diagnosis, realizing how kind of fragile I am. Like sometimes I think like, is this another impulse moment? Like, have I just done something again? Because I have a lot of impulsive moments. I've talked about this in previous vlogs and from things to like how I've bought cars, like like in terms of like, yeah, cars, driving cars. Like I feel like every big decision, I almost, it's almost like an, it's almost been very impulsive and not thought out very well. So this time I was really careful. I really, I really, um, you know, did my research, really, really had a big think about it, um, before going. And, um, things kind of just fell into place. I was very fortunate that I have relatives here. So my uncle and auntie, shout outs to my uncle and auntie. They live in the UK. These small things were kind of just the signs that were telling me like, no, I've got to do it. Like everything is pointing towards going. Um, I had a car accident very unfortunate. Um, this was actually happened during that bad time of everything just messing up. And because of the car accident, I had an insurance payout. So I was able to get a bit of startup cash. Like that was the money. I had nothing else except for that. And that plus me about to turn 31, it was my last chance to even get approved for this kind of visa. Like, um, I didn't really see any opportunity for me to move for work. So th I, this was my only chance, really. Um, and also just the fact that my auntie and uncle were offering, like, you come here and you have a place to stay, even just to start up. And then, um, you know, you can make your way through it. And, yeah, so I decided to go. And I was like, no, this is definitely happening. Um, and I never looked back. I pretty much just just got on the plane, left, and didn't really take in the gravity of this choice that I've made. And um, I don't think it really hit me. Um, it didn't really hit me um, when I arrived here even because I sort of treated it like a holiday, even though I was coming with a one-way ticket and luggage, like a massive carry on with all my stuff or as much stuff I could bring in my mind I, I'd never really left Sydney I just felt like look because there was that worry that anxiety like I, I really don't know I'm excited but I'm worried at the same time it was just the unknown I, I really didn't know what to what to expect um I sort of saw it as that's right sorry I lost my train of thought if I always kept sort of hacking my mind to stop me from worrying. So as you can probably see, I'm always in my head trying to think and process, especially right now. Um, but at the time, how I would cope is to think, constantly be thinking like, yeah, I'm here, but this could be three or six months only. Like if I'm only here for six months and it doesn't work out, you haven't lost anything. You're not a failure. You can go home. I had every right to go home because I, I, I knew for myself, like if I can't handle it, I got to go home and at least I have the support of my family, all that. And um, before I forget this point, because like I wanted to finish this point, but I feel like I might forget it later on in the story and I'm going to kick myself. Um, 
my point is this. I didn't want my mental illness, if you want to call it that, my this whole anxiety thing, depression, I didn't want it to define me. I didn't want that to be the reason to control my life and to hinder me from opportunities. Like, you got to be wise. Like, I know that I'm coming into this somewhat vulnerable. Like, it's already quite a big thing. Um, but I had to sort of, you know, be like, no, you you deserve this. You deserve to, you know, go for whatever you want to do in life. Don't don't let this hold you back type thing. And I don't regret it one bit. Um, my first year in London was amazing. Oh, the best. Um, so many things that I experienced, but like on steroids, like first time moving out, like literally, like when I moved with my auntie, it's different because it was great. It was amazing. I was, but I still felt like I was at home because obviously auntie and uncle, Filipino, um, Filipinos, parents, um, family, they treat you as your own and you, you feel like you're at home. I still felt like I was at home, um, down to the home cooked meals and just all that, you know, but I, I, I didn't stay long. Um, probably only a month or two. I eventually found my own place and just that experience in itself. Like I remember the few times that I just was like, holy shit. Even though I had flatmates, shout out to my flatmates. Um, it felt like shit, I'm here. And it wasn't even just like, I can't, I can't compare cause I never moved out by myself back in Sydney, but I'm thinking like, well, this is another level. Cause now I've moved out of my home but now I'm in like a completely different city and like the, I've just really felt like the world was my oyster type thing. Um, that was probably the second big wow moment I felt. The, the first big, oh my gosh, I'm here moment was my first solo trip in Iceland. And you can check that out. That was a podcast. I think it was episode three. Um, so do check that out. Um, I go into a bit more detail on how my first solo trip really changed me and and all that shit. Um, but yeah, like I was basically almost on a manic, manic high. I probably was, to be honest, probably shouldn't be admitting that, but I was just ecstatic about life. Just bang, 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 travel, meeting people, putting myself out there. I met Nadine. Um, once again, you can check episode two of this podcast of how we met all these things that just were happening and it was amazing. And the beauty of it, when I first got to, to London, cause I had that downtime. I had, I had a good two, three months of by myself. Mind you, I came here. I didn't know anyone except for my family, my auntie and uncle and my cousins. That's it. Didn't know anyone else. And I had a lot of time to really be alone. So while I was living at their place, I just do my own thing. I, I, I started focusing on my health, um, physical health. I was maintaining somewhat like my, my, um, consistency with the gym. I tried to carry that across. Um, and I was a bit more like picky. Like I know a lot of people say this is going to be a lie. Actually. No, I can't lie. People say, say yes to everything at the start. I kind of did. I said yes to everything. And I think there was a few times it probably wasn't the smart thing to do. But being in a new country, how can I say no 
to all these outings. Um, and I think, like, to be honest, look, I'm trying to transition to the present days. While all of this was great, I had the best, probably one of the best years of my life. Um, came at a cost. Yeah, because I do remember there was just times, I think towards the end of the year, it just started to not spiral down, but my symptoms started to come back. I think when things started to settle a bit, um, I'd find myself distracting once again. So I had a good part where I transitioned into London. I was able to maintain my healthy habits from back home. But as soon as I moved to my own apartment, started making friends, and there's nothing against people. Like, I'm an adult. I'm responsible for my own shit. Um, but, you know, um, as soon as you start meeting people, getting out there, putting yourself out there, finding a new workplace, activities, travel, you kind of just neglect um, your health, physical and mental. And that's that's another point I wanted to bring across because it's something that um, I think I should have done to prevent um, a complete relapse. And I should have acted on it a lot quicker instead of waiting for it. And it's something that I sort of advocate for. I do speak on it quite a lot. But the issue is it's something I'm still working on. And I just have to be completely honest with you guys. Um, I'm still learning. And the reason I'm telling people this is like in the same boat. Um, you know, it's good to hear that it's something you need to know, I guess. Um, that might help someone in the future because it's something I'm trying to do now. Look, I'm just going to tell you what it is. What the hell am I I'm going in a loop here. But the way I see it, like, like with physical or just health in general, um, we go to the doctors when we're sick. If we're, not, if we're feeling off, we go to the doctors. We get checkups quite regular if we can. And even like with the dentist, it's good to go for a checkup, get a clean, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's an obvious analogy. Like we do these things for preventative measures. Um, we get checked by the GP. I'd like to think so, at least yearly. I haven't really done a full checkup in a while, so I'm, mental note, I'll probably do that soon. But why do we do these things? Because obviously health is all we got. And um, you don't wait till you got a really serious health condition. Like this, the sad story is that's the case sometimes. Um, I've had relatives that have, you know, like sadly pa passed away because of, um, I don't know if it's a factor of neglecting health and then getting checked and then it's already kind of in that too late stage. Um, and it scares me. Um, shit, I'm anxious about that. Um, so the, the way I look at it is sort of why not for your mental health? What's so wrong about seeing a therapist or going to see a GP for like some some sort of mental aid? Like I know like the sad thing about I see with mental health or mental illness is because it's – while I feel like there is a lot of um, – support networks and it is getting taken a lot more serious now it's still not at that level where you know it's still such a big waiting list it's like you have to be at the worst point 
to be able to see. Like it almost feels you have to be at rock bottom to 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 acknowledge I need to get my mental health back in check type thing. Um, I think that's where the issue is and it shouldn't be like that. I think it, it goes both ways. Like one, like the, the you got to do it yourself. You have to sort of make a point like I need to put my mental health as a priority. Um, in order to do that, I do think it's important to, you know, you could start with just friends, just having a chat. Um, I have a few friends that I know suffer with like clinical levels of anxiety. So we talk about it because it's easy to talk to someone that can relate and even people that don't relate because at least it's sort of like if they know how to be around you because um, it's hard. Um, it can feel almost like helpless being with someone. Like I, I can understand how it would be for, on the other side for someone to maintain a relationship or a friendship with someone else that's suffering. Um, it's like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to act around this person. I don't want to freak them out type thing. Um, so, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's important to, to do, to do that. But like, look, my point is, sorry, I'm, ah, shit. I'm like muddled here and fatigued still. Um, the, the point is basically, and where, where I've arrived at today, present days, second year in London, um, I kind of wish I didn't let myself spiral back. So I'm obviously going through a rough patch, but I'm maintaining optimism. And um, the past month, that's the reason why I haven't been able to podcast. I mean, like right after all this, like I bought all this equipment, I kind of dipped and then it's, it hasn't been as this bad as it was. Sorry. It's, it got to a point where it was as bad as it was when I first had it. And, um, I don't want to sort of be a downer because that's not the point of this. This podcast is supposed to inspire and motivate and tell you you're not weird if you feel these days as well. Um, but I, I, I guess I had a high, a high um, probability of relapse. And a lot of these factors I've sort of explored, like why it got to this point again. And um, the, the positive thing is like, yeah, I'm back on the um, antidepressants and it's not something I'm ashamed of. I feel like if you're sick, if you need something to help you get through or get better, there's nothing against it. And I know people, it's not for everyone. That's another thing as well. Like some people, antidepressants just don't work. Like it literally, it actually doesn't work. It rejects your body or you, you haven't found the right medication left. I know for me, for a fact, it worked when I had it the first time. So um, while I was upset that I was like, damn, I need to, I think I need to get back on my meds. And that was, that for me felt like, like a failure, like shit, I'm relapsed. Um, I look at it like, no, it's like, you know, if someone's got, some sort of sickness like high blood pressure or something or I don't know diabetes or asthma 
symptoms can come back and then what do you do you go you get a ventolin inhaler or you get i don't know start eating healthy because to put the blood pressure down it's the same thing and i'm not ashamed of it i'm happy that i am back on it i got through a pretty rough patch and after a month it actually i was fatigued so um the the one thing that really got me down the most was my productivity went down the drain because um I was really active. I was, you know, I think I was doing too much once again. People are going to laugh because it seems like I don't do anything. But for me, it was a lot. Like I was just trying to do too much that I could. And, you know, uh, with the pressures of like traveling, traveling and just maintaining this, this lifestyle, I guess, um, it kind of got to me and it, it shouldn't have. I should have um, managed it better. But you live and you learn. And this time I am committed to running the duration of these meds. Um, like I said last time, I was on it for three months and I decided to get off sooner because I felt better. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same case after, th even now I'm starting to feel better. I'm still fatigued, which is why I'm s kind of was like really low energy at the start of this podcast and why... Um, I find it hard to conversate. Like these are the symptoms. Like the past month have been so hard. Fatigue, low energy. Uh, some of the more physical ones like muscle cramps, um, my jaw. It's like I just, I don't know. I'm not going to make a comment about that. Just, it's just my jaw is really, really messed up. And sometimes hard to sleep, that's all. But once the side effects start to wear off, I know I'm going to be motivated to be like, I don't need any more. I'm going to, um, and even just getting out of bed, that was the hardest thing. So the first two, three weeks, I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I actually spent almost a week in bed. So that's another thing. I'm not working right now, um, but I've chosen to. And you got to like, like while it sucks, like you can't let the shit define you, man. Like, I was going to make another podcast about this and I'm going to talk about it later because I do want to have a guest to talk about just work and work-life balance and all that kind of stuff in London. But long story short, that's why I'm here right now and Nadine's at work because I've had about three weeks now of unemployment. The first week I actually, no, it's been about four weeks now. Okay, so the first, basically the first week when I was told I wasn't fired, in case you thought that. I was actually a really good worker. Um, they ran out of work for me. So my last week working at my previous job, there was actually no work. I was getting paid to do nothing. And I was just asking, hey, any work? Okay, I'll just wait. And obviously, I was just a wasted resource, like being paid for nothing. So um, it was agreed that I'll take this break. And if more work comes along, I can step back into it. And the beauty of it is I can work from home. So here and there, a couple of days since then, I've been able to be, I've been given some work that I can do via email at home. So I haven't been completely unemployed for a straight month, if that's what you're thinking. But I was actually very motivated because when um, the job ended, I, 
that didn't me that didn't make me spiral out of control. Like people were thinking, like, oh yeah, he lost his job. That's why he's gone. No, no, I've never been concerned in that sense. I'm very confident in myself that I I know when the going gets tough, I can get out and things. Um, in that sense, I can bounce back job wise. Um, but I was I was very upset that because obviously when the uh, the symptoms started to arise from, you know, anxiety and all that depression shit, it just killed my productivity. Like nothing gets me down more when I'm not like creating or doing something, whether it's for my like physical health or my mental health or my, it just sets me back. And then it's just a chain reaction. I feel like I just wasted a month that's the that's the biggest thing that I'm that really upsets me. Not that I don't have a job. Not that none of this. It's like I didn't get to use that time. Um, but you know, I had to to realize I had to start again and take baby steps. Small things became accomplishments for me. Like I think first week, just getting out of bed. Um, then the next was go out of the apartment, get some sun, and walk around. It's like learning how to walk again. Like I felt like I came out of a coma or some shit and I was just trying to be incorporated back into the world. So that's that's why. <laughs> Freaking hell, man. I feel like um, I've been in a bunker. I've been here for so long in this apartment. So things get really hard um, when I'm going through this these episodes. Like simply going to social gatherings, holding a conversation. I had a, somewhat of a plan when I um, when my job finished. I had a bit of a plan to bounce back. But then, like, this came at just such timing, you know? And because I started my medication again, um, I knew it was going to be a long ride to, to get any sort of functionality or productivity again. And um, it just hit delayed a lot of things and it's like a vicious loop because then I was upset about that because now I'm not even in the capacity to apply for a job like simply just applying was such a like I'll tell you right now just setting up this podcast today was a bit of a bit of effort like I was putting it off I put it off last week so I was hoping to record last week and obviously I didn't that's why I missed an episode but Things just seem a lot harder and I really need to push myself a lot more just to be normal, if that makes sense. So for me to be at my normal optimal my normal levels of productivity, it it equates to a lot more effort because now getting up from bed is really hard. And I'm not trying to like complain about it. I'm just saying like that's the reality of it. But I'm motivated enough that I, I want it. Like I'm just, I'd want to feel better again. And that's my motivation. And I'm happy. I'm not depressed or anything. I'm not saying I am. I'm saying that I'm motivated to get to, to back to normal, back to flat line. Cause I was a bit too volatile for the past few months and it's good. Sometimes I think you need to, to hit a, hit a dip. Cause that's just life in general. You're going to hit peaks and troughs all the time. Unfortunately for me, when it when it's a trough, it's a real, you know, this chaos that we're going through. So, um, 
how should I end this? It's pretty much it. Um, once again, I apologize that this is gonna like this podcast is gonna be all over the place. I do apologize. Um, I really hope I covered everything. Um, look, one little bit of advice. Um, if you're suffering from anxiety, don't do too much. I think that's my problem. So when I started working out again, I, um, I felt really good. My problem is like when I feel really good, I want it to stay like that. So I chase, you know. It's the same thing with me and drinking, which is why I choose not to drink too often anymore because one or two drinks and I'll be like, I feel really good. That'll turn to like 10 drinks and then back we go down the rabbit hole. So I try to limit myself in all things. Um, we're taking on too much or obsessing over things. Um, this podcast is a, is a great example. When I started it, I did five episodes. Those last, the last five episodes before this one that's going to air, that was all done in a matter of within a week because I was so excited about it. Edit, like a lot of editing, a lot of putting it together, and I managed to do that. So... I'm either extremely efficient and productive and then I can go into like nothing for like a month and that's what I'm scared of. So I'm trying to, you know, that's part of the journey I'm going to take you guys through and it's all about balance. So um, yeah, just the other day when I did finally after two, three weeks in bed and not going out, I started to push myself to start exercising and the first time I exercised, I felt like my energy levels like adrenaline for the first time in so long I was like holy shit yeah this is what I've been waiting for I've been chasing waiting for this and um that day I had to resist from working out more because I think I was just gonna do a whole day session like I felt like I did a morning workout then I felt like I wanted to run I wanted to then I but in the back of my mind was like no like you've done your workout for the day save it for tomorrow um in the first few days, it was like that. I was really, like, super into it. Um, and I felt like I could have done more, but I resisted. That's the best word. I resisted from doing more because I realized, like, yeah, short term, I could be hammering out all these sets, all these workout routines, and then I'm going to burn out by the third day, and then I'm back in bed for a month. So it was really hard for me to resist. So I was able to. And now I've been following this video I came across by Matt Diavella. I've been wanting to get into fitness again for a while because it's I've neglected it, like I've just told you then. Um, but two-day rules, it's a simple concept. And it, I felt like it was something that was easy that I could just follow. I didn't need to go all out. So once again, like not just part of the binge, the whole I'll go over the top and make a massive schedule, timing, what I have to do exactly. And I realized like I'm setting myself up to fail again if I just binge and go nuts. So with this two day rule, it kind of pushed me to be just, just keep it simple and just keep it small. And essentially the concept is you have to work out every day. It doesn't matter as long as you do something physical, like the action of working out, whether it's like 50 push ups and that's it. That's counted as a workout as long as you don't miss two days. And mind you, obviously, first five, day, first five days, killed it. I did. I worked out every day and I was like, yeah, I'm on the road to recovery in my mind. And I burnt out. 
but the beauty of this two-day rule is, yeah, that I burnt out one day. I didn't feel guilty about it because I knew that I had two days that I could skip. Um, but I didn't want it to go for two days. Um, I wanted to always be ahead. So the second day came and once again, I was just paralyzed. I was in bed. I couldn't get out. I just couldn't motivate myself. I distracted myself. I did other things except for working out. But mind you, once the third day came and cause I'd already missed two days, it's, it was just fixed in my head. Like, no, I have to go now. I have to work out. And that was only yesterday and I worked out and I had a great feel of accomplishment. I didn't have to do anything too physically demanding. I just made sure I did some sort of workout and I felt good. And that's, that's sort of something I'm trying to apply to everything I do. Like I don't have to do a hundred things. It's balance. It's basically balance. You know what I'm getting at. You already know what I'm talking about. It's just having a balanced life. And that's something I struggle with. And I think sometimes people, you know, especially with anxiety and depression, you, you, you feel that one bit of, you know, you feel good, that little bit of moment. You, you, you desperately hang on to it. So you just gravitate to it and just go all the way, all in. I think that's why a lot of, like, maybe athletes or sports people, uh, musicians, creative people, when they dive into a craft, it becomes like they, they live and breathe that shit. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle. And it's helped me a lot of times, but in the long run, and just looking at my track record in terms of my life, I know it's not healthy. And I think I could be equally as productive and better for a long longer time if I'm able to manage myself with my mental health. So, yeah, I know this episode was a lot more mental health um, related, but it also does relate to like with, with travel and shit. I didn't even talk about um, traveling with anxiety. So I'm going to leave that for another episode. Um, I've decided to like not be overly focused on a topic, like just sort of talk about these things and they come out as they do. Because um, I think when I overthink, it sort of makes the content less genuine. I'm just trying to say something for the sake of it, whether with this is just real, it's just what I'm going through now and how I feel about it. So I'll leave that for another time, how to deal with anxiety when you travel. This podcast has gone long enough. So um, I'm going to do a few plugs. Episode five, I spoke about um, Nadine's catering business. Um, we talked about the website that she set up. That's already been set up. That was so long ago, but the website's been out for a while. But since we're here in more real time, if you're looking at the feed, there it is. It's cookingwithnads.com. And it's great. Great little catering business. You, you already know the food's good. I've talked about it before. But we're thinking of doing a little get together here possibly for Will's birthday big Will shout outs to Will um, have a little fried chicken party right here and we might we might make a podcast out of it so if that's something you guys would want to see comment below give it a thumbs up we'll um, give you a sneak peek um, cooking and eating with Nat well cooking with Nads and eating with Nats 
Um, but yeah, we had a, um, well not we, um, Nadine had her first gig not too long ago at her workplace at the BBCA. It's a great success, really big success. And um, your boy right here was a sous chef. Yes, I helped. And it felt good. It was really fun. Like we got to, we just worked in the kitchen and I was like thinking like this is something that would be really cool. Like if we could just somehow get enough gigs that the catering money replaces our work income, well her work income, because right now I don't have any, but if I could just do this instead while podcasting and doing whatever else at home, that would be the life. So anyway, to make that happen, spread the word. This is um, Nadine's catering business, Cooking with Nads. Send an email if you're in London, especially Aussies, help a brother out. Tell your British friends about the cooking business. We can cater to some parties as well. We, we catered for um, Donut. Shout out to Donut, friend in the local Aussie Asian scene um, who's leaving. Catered for his farewell party as well. So, um, doing pretty well. That's two gigs down. Gotta keep going. But yeah, predominantly catering for, for businesses and private events. Send us an email. And we'll get back to you. Where in the world podcasts? There's the Instagram. I have not posted since what episode was this? I think it was episode two or three. See, I've completely neglected everything. I disappeared. I'm so sorry. Sorry to Vin. Vin messages me when I miss it. Like, where's the podcast? I'm sorry, bro. And I treat this seriously, man. You're like. I know I don't have a massive audience, but for the people that do, I really appreciate you guys, man. Shoutouts to my cousin Ramon, who comments on every YouTube video. And while I'm at it, as a plug, uh, Raf and Don as well, you guys actually listen. I'm really appreciative of you guys tuning in, because that, that concept boggles my mind. Like, people are actually listening to this. It makes me happy, and that's all I need. And I'm happy to do this. I'm actually enjoying this again, because I was literally thinking of quitting as I do, I was like, oh my god, that, that one month of being on that low, I just was not motivated to do anything, that's nothing, nothing. Follow me on Instagram, I'm going to start posting on that again, because um, I've neglected it for too long. Where in the World podcast, I say every Monday, I'm going to try every Monday, but there it is, and once again, like, I... I was about to binge and go crazy and was thinking like, I want to make two podcasts a week, do daily videos of different things, but I realize increments, little things, aim low, do small things like little, little tasks and you feel good. And you, if you put less on your plate, you always end up doing more. Like the other day, how I kind of got, no, I didn't get the bump on my head from that. I started cleaning the fridge. I ended up cleaning the entire kitchen. I was only supposed to clean the fridge. Then I moved to the freezer. Then I did the entire kitchen. So I think that's a little hack that I've started. And it's working. And now that I've done this, like, I'm just going to say, we'll do one podcast a week. But if a new video pops up here and there, then that's bonus. That's great. That's awesome. But for now, one episode a week. And I'm gonna try and never miss it again i'm sorry sorry all right last thing we're in the world competition let's go completely neglected this competition i'm gonna play these out
I'm actually really excited. And um, hopefully someone guesses it. I'm going to give a massive hint right now. Well, after I play this, if no one guesses. So someone can guess it already. First uh, voice message is from Vin. Ta-da! Hey, it's Vin here. Um, taking a stab at that photo on your uh, your uh, website, uh, it looks like there's a boat probably just above in the top right-hand corner, and the last time we went to Croatia, we did do some uh, deep-sea diving or, or uh, uh, sea diving, so I'm going to guess that that's going to be Hava in Croatia. <laughs> Vin's a legend. Um, I remember because he guessed, he sent this, this was ages ago, he sent it. And then I released the last week's episode, and then it's a video, and I'm obviously in a swimming pool, so he's like, ah, damn it, my guess is wrong. Like, it was, it was pretty funny. Sorry, Vin, you're incorrect. Ba-ba-bam. Good guess, though, because we did go to Croatia together. It was a fun trip. Good old Dubrovnik, home of King's Landing. It was great. We'll talk about that soon. But um, we're going to get Vin as a guest. I keep teasing him as a future guest to come up. He was supposed to come, guest like two, three weeks ago, but over here, got overwhelmed with everything, so we weren't able to. But we're going to organize that again. Next person, Eski. Hello, uh, it's Eski here from Western Sydney. Yay. Um, I'm a massive fan of the We're in the World podcast. I've been <laughs> listening to you guys since since episode one. So, <laughs> massive fan. Thanks, um, I'm here to guess where you are swimming in your display picture. Uh, I think just based on the quality of the water, you must, you have to be in the Pacific Ocean. So, you're probably in Asia. And I'm going to guess... It's somewhere in Thailand that your that that photo was taken. Okay, see ya. Thanks. Bye. What the fuck, Eskikari? What the hell? Okay, look, I'll give it to him. I'm not gonna be too specific because like it's just douchey. All right, Eski, you won, bro. That that photo was freaking taken in Phuket, Thailand. It wasn't actually in the ocean, but this this. Like if you saw the video, um, I'm on a rooftop um, pool on on the it was an Airbnb or something that we were staying at. I was with my cousin, and it was actually on my was that my thirtieth? I think it was my thirtieth birthday actually. No, it wasn't thirty first birthday. Yep, that's right. So my thirty first birthday, me and my cousin Allison, who I've been meaning to try and get on this podcast because it was one of my first travels. Um, not really, not one of my first travels. Well, first travel with just my cousin. Um, before that was always with my ex-partner. So it was a different dynamic and we got up to a lot of no good. And it was a really fun story. So if you want to hear about that story, comment below, let me know. And I'll try and get her on this podcast because that was an epic trip. But congratulations, Eski. I'm sorry I don't have a prize. I'm not working right now. So I don't really have anything to offer. But... Thanks for participating and thanks for the kind words, bro. Like, I really appreciate that you enjoy this podcast. Um, this is why I do it, man. Like, it's, not, it's nothing like it, man. Like, people listening to me talking for an hour, no feeling quite like it. So, amazing. Raf made a guess a couple of weeks back. I'm going to play it anyway because Raf's a funny guy. Um, he's titled this Maybe, Just Maybe. 
this is for comedic value. Let's just listen to what he's got to say. Yo, Nats, I think I figured out <laughs> where you are in the world in that picture. I think you were giving hints of where you were in that picture in the last episode or episode four. Yes, I did. When you were talking about a new Marvel character. Oh. A Filipino one. And a female Filipino one at that. And I remember an episode of the Cheat Coders where you said you had feminine hands. <laughs> and I put two and two together and found out that maybe, just maybe, maybe. you are in Atlantis. <laughs> because you, my friend, are the new Marvel superhero. Wow. The female Filipino superhero named Wave. Or Webb, because it's Filipino. <laughs> that was a good guess. It was actually closer than his previous guess. Raph tried to guess it was in, um, where was it? Hawkesbury River in Sydney. Way off. Very close and very smart using little hints that weren't really there. Um, no, sorry, Raph. I haven't been to Philippines in over 10 years. Can you believe that? Ooh, neglecting the hometown. Definitely somewhere I want to go back to. Um, it's on the list, and I want to go there. You know, see my peeps, y'all. See my peeps. So, yeah, maybe when I go back to Sydney, because right now it's kind of not feasible to go to the Philippines because we're quite far living in London. That's it. Wow, Eski, you freaking guessed it, bro. Thanks for participating, guys. Everyone that's entered, I'm going to do another competition because I like using this voice um, voice thingamabob. Um, I'm going to start a new segment on this podcast and I'm going to take um, make use of the, uh, the voice option once again. So if you can hit me up on... Um, on the, uh, fuck, I can't even speak. Where, uh, shit, what's my link? Anchor.fm forward slash where in the world. Um, you can't see it on my feed, but when, if you look it up, there'll be a send voice clip button. Um, send me through any travel advice tips that you might have, and I'll be happy to help. I had a few things here from my last Instagram post. Um, my story and some people asked some very good questions i haven't forgotten um the two people that come to mind that send sent me some questions was lam haven't forgotten i know it was almost a month ago and yoha i've written down your questions and i'm gonna bring them up in the next episode with the guest don't know who the guest is yet and we're gonna we're gonna sift through these but for the time being if you have any questions about travel, about moving to another country, send it through. It's funner if it's a voice message because I get to play your voice live on the podcast and I'll answer live. Um, well, not live, but I'll answer it on the next episode with whoever my potential guest may be. Thanks for listening, guys. Sorry if that was choppy. I'm still on medication and I'm waiting for it to wear off. Um, I'll be a lot more coherent when I'm back to normal. But other than that, um, safe travels, much love, 
like and subscribe. I need it more than ever because the algorithms is going to punish me for not posting last week. So, yeah. Peace, guys. And, um, yeah. Much love. I could speak for like hours. Now I'm struggling to get to like an hour and 30 minutes. Damn. Okay. <laughs>